1: Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of the art. It is the day to celebrate. I hope you're wearing maroon today. It's Friday night football night. We're going to get into some of that tonight. It's big news for the state of Mississippi and around, just around the country. We've got high school footballs flying all over the country. It's a great thing. We're going to get into some of that today. we talk a little bit about Southern Miss, about the ball game last night and how cool it was to kind of see everybody unite behind uh, really the Golden Eagles, but really just pretty much the game of college football. But uh, it's a day that many people uh, pre- suggested was never coming. But it came and it went, and uh, the ground did not open up and swallow the those in attendance at MM Roberts Stadium. Got some things to say about that, too. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of this show, Man, just outstanding food. That's the thing that I have learned as I have gotten older. It's like if I am going to to make the commitment financially and of my time to go out for a meal, which is wonderful, it's, it's nice to be able to get out and have somebody else wait on you. You know what I'm saying? Not because I've got some sense of entitlement, but sometimes it's just good to get a break. You don't have to worry about cleaning up. You don't have to worry about all the prep. You don't have to worry about buying groceries. You can just go have a nice quality meal with friends or family. And I, I value that more now at any point in my life than perhaps ever. And this quarantine has probably taught me that. It's just nice to have somebody else fill the drink for you. You're not gonna find a better place, man, to break bread than Bulldog Burger Company. You can go by and choose from so many great restaurant quality hamburgers. The Pimentology Ad Bacon, that's the bone yard burger of choice. But you know what? If you just want a good straight ahead rock and roll, a good American great hamburger, you go get the Bulldog. Never gonna steer you wrong with the Bulldog. You're going to have consistency, you're going to have quality, and you're going to feel great when you leave. You can even get a chocolate shake to go for dessert. Find your own favorites. I encourage you, as your friend and host, to get the spring rolls as the appetizer. I'm not sure there's a better appetizer in Starkville proper, and the Golden Triangle, for that matter. So go by, check them out, Bulldog Burger Company, now with two locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M E A T. All right, let's get into uh, last night's ball game. Listen, Southern Miss did not look like a good team, and I don't know that we really minded. I mean, listen, there's some guys out there that we recruited, uh, some guys that we elected not to offer, some guys that maybe we did offer and we didn't push to to uh, to commit. But nevertheless, there was uh, there was a ball game played in the state of Mississippi. South Alabama, coached by former Delta State and Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Uh, head coach Steve Campbell. Goes up there and wins the ball game. Listen, South Alabama needs a good year under uh, under Coach Campbell. Great coach, former Mississippi State offensive line coach. A, there is not a better person around than Steve Campbell. Uh, I've had very limited interactions with Jay Hobson. And a lot of people very, very fond of him as well. But uh, there's a part of me, too. I, I wanted Southern Miss to win because I thought it would be a great thing for the state of Mississippi. But uh, I'm not too terribly hurt about losing to Steve Campbell but my emotional investment in that game was minimal but I was happy to see people out there kind of celebrating life and celebrating the game of football and uh, of course social media was littered with some people uh, complaining about some of the coaches not wearing masks and that sort of stuff uh, you know the way that they they felt that they should Uh, and that's a story for another day but by and large I, I I thought it was pretty successful you know this uh electric whistle thing is going to take a little time to get used to and i think even for the officials that there was some times that uh maybe a whistle should have been blown and it wasn't uh and it's a different protocol for those guys and that's kind of lost in all this is the officials and i know that we have some officials that listen to these shows uh you know they're integral to the game of football and nobody ever talks about man what's the protocols for those guys but you know that they're all they have to have their mask on before every play uh, and it's just again, some of this is kind of overkill. But can we ever be too careful with something like this? You know, people would say, "Well, Steve, right there taking a risk by playing football," and it's true. Life is full of risk. But be that as it may, you looked around the stands last night, and I guess there may have been five or six thousand people there. I understand they sold about nine thousand tickets, but um, you know, it was far from capacity. You know, it's uh, and, and you know, insert your southern misattendance joke here. But I don't know that any of us even, you know, appeared to mind. And I don't know if they piped into noise or whatever, but uh, it was kind of good to hear a little bit roar of the crowd, even though you know, maybe we don't call it a roar. But it was good to hear people out there getting engaged, because that's the thing about football. It is, a, it is a great distraction from the things in our lives that uh, steal our joy. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's the reality of life as an adult. Uh, you're responsible for everything. You've got to pay the bills. You've got to pay the mortgage. And sometimes it feels like we all just kind of work to pay bills to make other people rich. I've had those moments in my life that I've certainly felt that way. Uh, g- give me a few weeks when I get on this book tour and I might feel that way again. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is, is that there's so much that goes into the, to life, just living life and being able to raise the kids and that sort of stuff and make sure they have some things perhaps that we didn't. And so when you get a chance to turn the TV on and for about four hours there, all of that kind of subsides. You can just think, you know what i 'd like to see this ball game here and uh, just kind of let my mind rest a little bit, kind of conserve some mental energy and I feel like that happened last night, and it was so good too to be on Twitter and I, I enjoy kind of keeping up with the ball game on Twitter, especially one that i 'm watching on television because sometimes people see certain things and there are media members in attendance that 'll share things that uh, perhaps that i uh, don 't make the broadcast, but it was good to see people complaining for the right reasons if you know what I'm saying because people have made an art form of complaining if you want to find some complaints they're very easy to find on social media people are not shy about sharing uh, airing their grievances but uh, for me I kind of enjoyed seeing people complain about officials complain about broadcast complain about all the little minor things that we often take for granted you know, I, I don't know if the officials did a good job or not, but I'm just glad they had a game to officiate. And uh, I, I quote tweeted Robbie Falk, our colleague Robbie Falk, put a comment out there about the officials, and I commented, I said, you know, it felt so good to read that, and it did for the first time in a long time. I mean, it really kind of felt somewhat normal. And last last weekend, you know, we watched Austin P. and Central Arkansas play, and Central Arkansas gave UAB a pretty good ball game yesterday. I know, I know UAB got out in front, but. UCA came back, and it's clear they're going to be difficult to deal with there. And the, I guess it's the Southland Conference there, but uh, or some about whatever it is. But um, it be that as it may, you know, you go through these things, and, and all of a sudden you have a team that uh, that has some players you're somewhat familiar with. They're wearing uniforms you're familiar with, and all of a sudden it feels a little bit like home. Yet State, no miss people out there comment on the game. There's very few things that we're ever going to agree about, but uh, I think we all agree about the return of college football. And you know what? We're going to have games tomorrow. We're going to have games on Labor Day, and it's Labor Day weekend, and I'm going to labor the whole weekend. I'm working today. I'm going to work on Monday. I enjoy the work. I don't really need a lot of time off, uh, but I hope that you guys get a chance to uh, you know, to rest and recuperate a little bit and spend some time with friends and family. Uh, I don't plan on barbecuing or anything like that. It'll just be a regular day for me, but I'm looking forward to being able to sit in front of the TV for a while and not necessarily spend time searching through Netflix to find something that, that meets my fancy or, or suits my fancy, I just want to be able to sit there and be entertained for a while and not have to think a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? And that's what sports does for us. There were some people the way, uh, you know, the Corona Bros, as people call them, that uh, that have been so incredibly negative. And yesterday we had uh, a situation, again, where some information was misrepresented by the people that, uh, you know, and I hate to say it this way, but it's like some people have said it's like they're cheering for the virus. Um, I don't even think they realize that i remember mike farrell a guy that actually works for rivals and they're a competitive network of ours he said something to dan Wilkin on twitter one time and i'm paraphrasing here that really struck with me uh, and i thought you know this is uh this is a great point point. and uh again i'm paraphrasing but you know wolkin was complaining again about testing or something and, and listen you know dan Walken uh has been a friend to me but i disagree with him on how he's handled a lot of this stuff and it's not a personal issue i i can disagree with people and uh and still remain friends with them. But, um, you know, Dan's been all over the top with this. And and to be fair, as has Clay Travis on the other side, I think Clay has made this almost personal where he, uh, you know, the more these other people push against, it's, it's become, you know, a battle of egos in many respects. But be that as it may, I, I think that there is, a, you know, somewhere in the middle is where the truth is. But, uh, but Farrell made a comment in response to a tweet that Dan Wilkin made. I don't even know what Dan said. But Mike Farrell, and you got to know that it's a good quote if I'm mentioning a competitive network. But uh, Farrell says, you know, Dan, here's the deal, you know, we could do 10 million tests, and you're going to write an article about the one we didn't do, and that's kind of what happens sometimes. It's like people get so invested in their opinion, and their narrative, and their expectations of things that they don't always see the data. And so, what came out yesterday was there was a doctor and there was a study about, um, you know, heart effects from COVID and they suggested that um, up to 35% of the players that uh, had tested positive for COVID in the Big Ten had inflammation of the heart. Well, of course, many of the people in the national media kind of gleefully ran to their keyboards and punched out a story and um, you know, they put it out there and said, hey, here's the deal. And then the doctor himself, whose study was quoted, came back and said, hey, this isn't exactly right. Now, Bear in mind, those people that got those thousands and tens of thousands of likes and retweets with their articles earlier in the day did not go delete their tweets. They did not go delete their articles. Many of them filed an update, but they didn't go back and change what they had originally reported on social media. And those are the things that that really infuriate me. And maybe infuriate is the wrong word. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. But it's like as soon as we get anything negative... We trumpet that as if it is the end of time. It's like, oh, they're having too much fun. Let's go find something else to generate some clicks. I've shared with you guys on this show many times, there are a lot of people today in the clickbait world of journalism that want to redirect your eyes. And there are many times that the article doesn't match the headlines. And so they go out there, and they post an inflammatory headlines just to get you to click it. And it is a shame that there is not a lot of integrity with all of that. That's one of the things that I've always tried to say is, you know what, if I've got to start, start cutting corners and playing these little uh, title games to generate interest in my work, then I'm not a very good writer. And so I'm not going to do that. And I think that there are people that have kind of fallen victim to that. And then there are people that kind of accuse you of that and say, listen, this is clickbait journalism. Well, So then we have to make it right. We have to, to provide some sense of integrity. And so we speak in half-truths, and we find you know, numbers that kind of fit our argument. And it has become so absurd because this is played out every single day on social media. Every single day, there will be one group that comes up with, okay, let's go find something that's negative. And, and in their minds, it's not negative. They think, and I don't know if they truly believe this, but they're part of them that they are like it's a public service. It's why I'm just reporting the news. And I've had some interactions with some of these guys. And I'm, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to burn any bridges. But uh, there's one guy in particular. I kept telling him, I said, why in the world is everything on your timeline negative? There, I, I said, just when, when schools report that they had no positive test, for some reason, that just you know, kind of scoots on by your timeline and you don't respond to it. But let one school have some issues. And you've got to go write a full feature article about it and push it out there on a national platform. Why is If you're just doing your job, why can't you tell both sides of this? And that's kind of where we are, really, I guess, as a country right now, is nobody wants to give anybody credit for the other side because there have been lines drawn in the sand. And so one group wants to come up with the big story of the day, and then the other one comes up, you know, let's try to go find a way to refute it. It's almost like political theater. It's like nobody wants to give anybody credit for ever having anything right. And so it's become this online battle of the Hatfields and McCoys and I think most college football fans and early fans in general are, are really fatigued from all that I think we've seen so much and read so much and heard so much and we've invested so much uh, and listen I've got so many friends that uh, that they have just they are a shell of their former selves because there doesn't appear to be any joy in their life it's like they have become so obsessed with these articles, and uh, I've got some friends on Facebook that I, I, I've, I've had to, to mute just because every single day it's doom and gloom and we're all going to die. and you know what? at some point we all are going to die. but before I do, I'm going to have as much fun and I'm going to do as much good as I possibly can. I'm not going to go out there and be all willy-nilly and uh, you know be a person making some political statement over a mask. I'm going to do what I'm asked to do, but I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to be, you know, tucked away somewhere in a, you know, in a basement or an upper office or anything, and just, you know, watching life pass me by on the internet. I'm going to be an active participant, and that's what made this Southern Miss game, I guess, maybe, so rewarding for me. I it mean, it'd be nice if Southern would have won, but the bottom line is, is it reminded me of many of the things that we have missed going to ball games, watching ball games and just kind of being around people and kind of investing your time and effort into uh an athletic competition. And it's just different for the college game. At least it is for me. I don't know how that's for you guys, but um I am the kind of guy that uh I like competition. I like to have somebody to root for. But uh at the same time too, I can watch it all. I don't have to just watch Mississippi State. Of course, I'm a lot more invested in what Mississippi State does and says, but uh you know, to me, the college game is just so much better. There's a lot more passion. I think the fans have, uh, you know, a lot more emotional investment. I mean, you know the players. They don't seem so far removed from you. They're, they're, a lot of times they're our neighbor's kids. And while the co- covering the college game and watching the college game and following the college game has been very difficult because of this, some of this agenda-driven media the past few months, I think we're kind of reminded of what's good about the game. You know, so much in pro sports that is such, it is a business because it is a business. And let's not be naive, college football is also a business as well, but uh, it's on a lesser scale. I mean, yes, there's some big dollars out there, but at the end of the day, I think we feel a little more connected to the college game. I mean, you, you know, you can go, goodness, you can go to a you know, Mississippi State baseball game, and after the game's over, you can go have your picture made with Jake Mangum. You know, that's a really cool thing. That That's not necessarily a you know promise. If, you, if you're going to go see a pro ball player, more times than not, you've got to pay to do it. And so those are the things that I think about. And those are the things that I, I think kind of draw us together is our, our shared love and appreciation, uh, you know, for Mississippi State. And for last night, in many respects, the fact that one of our Mississippi schools were playing, and that whole Miss was playing, it might have been a little different story. You know, probably would have had on a South Alabama hat or something and hollering and screaming for Steve Campbell. But, um, but for a while there, we kind of forget about some of this. And the good thing is, is now that we've got a couple of games under our belt as a, uh, as a nation – I like think now people realize, okay, we we can we can do this safely, so far, and uh, play a ball game, and people aren't going to burst into flames. You can go attend a ball game, and uh, you know you're not going to you know turn into a pillar of, of salt or something. You know, it's it's just there's so many people that have they have been used so much rhetoric out there, and so much hyperbole that people many people are kind of scared to go anywhere. You know, and listen, I'm not one of those kind of guys that's going to go stand in, in front of a big crowd and watch live music right now, as much as I love to, and I really need to reconnect with the tribe. You're going to rock shows; it's where I lose myself and find myself all in the same moment, to borrow a phrase. But uh, you know, I'm just not prepared to go out there and stand, uh, you know, shoulder to shoulder with uh, you know, ten thousand people and go watch a show. And there's not a lot of those shows out there to be had. But I'll tell you, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to maybe going to see some bands there at the uh, the state fair next month i don't know how it's all going to work and uh, one of the last shows that i saw was great white and slaughter and they're going to be back in jackson and you know what even though i've already seen them this year i just want to go out there and take it all in i just want to be out there i want to be around other long-haired people i want to be around other people that have a lot of tattoos i want to be around people that love music i want to be around people that uh, have their fist in the air and are singing along to every song because that's like music for the soul to me. That's like medicine for me to be out there. It reminds me why I work so hard to put up with so much nonsense and that sort of stuff. And so hopefully we'll be able to do that. And so not too long from now, we feel like some good things are going to happen. Mississippi State's going to be able to play. That was one of the things that we talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago. We needed to get through Labor Day without the world going crazy. And while it's still too early to make that kind of determination, it does appear right now that things are trending in a positive direction very much in a positive direction so we'll be able to get back and enjoy some of the things uh, that that we love and of course you've read the news yesterday to PAC-12 has found some groundbreaking testing service and listen hey great anything that's good for them is good for us when it comes to that sort of stuff and I, I'm, I'm such a fan of our medical community when, when this thing first came out everybody's like you know there was so many people that made you feel like you know if you if you went down to uh to the fast break and You've got a plate lunch that you might die on the way home. I mean, I, I mean that's that's a little bit absurd, but that's that's part of how the whole thing worked. It made everybody feel like you know what, well, I can't go out and do anything. And so I said then, I said, you know what, we, we have some amazing people that work in medicine. I mean, we have people in the front lines. I mean, we have we have nurses out there that are they're well paid, but considering some of the things they're dealing with, especially these ICU nurses and the people that deal with COVID patients. I mean, that they're basically putting their lives on the line to provide other people care. I have a tremendous amount of respect for them but i always felt that you know what it, the some of our best and brightest and most of our best and brightest work in medicine and they would find a way to handle this they would find a way to get testing uh, more readily available they would find treatment uh, they would eventually find a vaccine and you know we've been dealing with the common cold and influenza uh, since the dawn of time and so this may be something that we have to deal with forever but they they will find a way to make this uh, something that we could deal with and maybe we don't have to be quite so safe but um, be that as it may how good was it to see college football uh, last night all right our good friends at manscaped are back with us and uh, many of you reached out to me about my last ad and there were a couple people that said hey steve I mean, it's supposed to be a family show got a little less family on that one and that's fair i probably need to dial it back a little bit but i'll tell you Uh, We're going to talk about Manscaped and uh, what they're going to do. And other people reached out and said, you know what, Steve, that was hilarious. And so we got a reaction, but I'd like it all to be positive. I don't take that stuff personal, though. It's your show. Well, I guess it's my show, but uh, you're a partner in this thing with me. So Manscaped is back with us. And uh, listen, if you're going to take care of your more, more intimate areas, Manscaped is absolutely the way to go. Absolutely the way to go. Uh, they've got what they call it the lawnmower and I know that sounds a little silly But the bottom line is this it's a great trimmer for your intimate areas uh, You know, that's the thing if you're gonna do Manscaping and that used to be something that people uh, you kind of snickered about but it's become commonplace uh, And listen, I think most people that anybody that interacts with you uh, in those intimate endeavors wants you to be uh, you know as well-kept as, as possible so Manscaped has a new third generation trimmer that features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology. It's pioneered by Manscaped. It's their product. They're proud of it. You will be too. It is a premium quality product. You can use it in the shower, which probably makes it a little bit easier to do your Manscaping. And, and the battery lasts up to 90 minutes. I don't know if you need 90 minutes in the shower to get this done. And if you do, um, you probably have bigger issues. But uh, these guys can help you eliminate at least one of those. That's a cool feature. you got an LED light that illuminates your grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've upgraded the motor to 7,000 RPMs with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud right there in your bathroom. People walk in see that and say, hey, what's that? Maybe you tell them, maybe you don't. So if you're listening to me right now, I want you to experience all this firsthand. Keep your intimate areas as groomed as well as possible by visiting manscaped.com. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you 20% off and free shipping by using promo code Boneyard. Manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping, promo code Boneyard. There we go. All right, so go check those guys out. And I've had some people reach out to me and say, you know what, Steve, this is a good product. I don't want my name you use as part of a testimonial, but I'll tell you, when they were with you the last time, I, uh, I took full advantage and I agree, it's great. And you listen, you don't want to use the same term on your face you do in your intimate areas. That's just gross. All right, let's move ahead now. High school football begins tonight. I wrote a little piece this morning, over on Gene's page. I've been up a little while. Again, I'm I'm tra- I'm I'm transitioning into old man time. You now that I got a grandchild, it's like all of a sudden I can't sleep late, going to bed earlier, getting up earlier. Maybe I'm being more productive. I don't know. I know you guys like getting the show earlier in the day. And I listen, I want to apologize because when I was writing that book it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult to find time in the day because I'm so task-oriented. Once I get involved in something like that, when I get up, my mind is already on to the next thing. I mean, I don't have this warm-up period where, you know, I sit around and drink coffee and read the paper. As soon as I get up, I take my dogs out, I feed my dogs, I feed my cats, and then I come up here and start working. I mean, that's that's what I do. And uh, I spend the majority of my time here in this office. Uh, and so, this is kind of the byproduct of that. And so... But there were times, though, that the show didn't get up to 4 and 5 o'clock, and I had people say, hey, Steve, listen, I listen to my drive home, and I don't want to have to listen to, uh, to sports talk radio around Mississippi. It's, it's so bad. And, and uh, listen, that's your opinion, and you're entitled to it. And so I've committed to making sure we get these stories up before noon every day, and so we're going to do that for you. Uh, so, but high school football begins tonight for Mississippi's public schools. <clears throat> We've had MAIS schools that have been playing, I guess, for three weeks now. Uh, some of them. Yeah, I know the the big boys have been playing the last couple of weeks. But public schools we play in the night, which means that uh, we're going to have a lot of people out there. And, of course, if if you are not familiar, uh, Tate Reeves signed an executive order here back on August 31st that raised attendance. Initially, it was two attendees per participant. So, And that, that's not just football players, but it's still a small group. But you could bring two people for a cheerleader, band member, football player so anybody that was involved in the production of the football game was allowed to have two people come and so which meant you could be mom and dad or you could be mom and a sibling or you could be grandmom and so now they've raised that to 25 percent, and the state is not really giving direction to the school on who that 25 can be that's up to the school so that is kind of an enviable task that uh, they're having to deal with at the high school level it's like well how do I tell this person they can't come? Or do I allot X number of tickets for this person and then they can kind of figure it out? Uh, so that's something that will be interesting to see how it breaks loose. And when I went to the ballgame a couple weeks ago, they did a great job getting everybody in and out. They told everybody, listen, at the gate, you're lining up to get ready to go in, and this guy comes out there and says, listen, going to ask everybody to go ahead and put your mask on. Most people already had them on. And said, hey, while we go through the gates here, while we're kind of funneling together, we going to need everybody to keep your mask on. And then once you get to your seat or in the stands – you're free to take your mask off. But when we get ready to leave, we're going to need you to put that mask back on because when we all kind of bottleneck here at the gate going back out, you know, we want to be able to keep everybody safe. It's going to be difficult to social distance as we exit. And everybody did a great job. I mean, everybody did a great job. The staff did a great job. The fans did a great job. Both schools. I was really impressed. And so I'm sure we'll see some of that. But you know as well as I do, there will be people – that are going to litter your your uh, Facebook feed and Twitter feed with pictures of students that are piled on top of each other in these student sections, and there's going to be pictures of their neighbors not wearing their mask properly. Uh, that's just kind of the world we live in now. There's everybody has this whole gotcha mentality that I, you know. And listen, the other day I admit I was tempted. I was at Walmart, and, and uh, the kid in front of me, I say kid, he might have been mid 20s, but um, he brings in uh, two buggies of groceries to the express lane. Nobody tells him he can't do it. And then uh, in the middle of putting his groceries out there, he just pulls his mask down. And, uh, you know, I wanted to take a picture and put it on social media, but I didn't. I resisted a temptation because I am not Karen. But uh, as it may, it kind of irritated me. I'm like, you know, goodness, if I got to wear one, too, I got to wear one. I mean, it's not like I just want to wear it for the sake of fashion. You know, those are the things that you think about. You know, it's like, you know, listen, we're all in this thing together. Let's show a little respect. I'm wearing a mask for you. You wear one for me. But if we're required to wear one, then everybody should be required to wear one. It's not, you know, listen, you can do what you want to in your house, but if we're both going to Walmart and it says on the door that a mask is required for entry, then they enforce the rule. I see these videos all the time of people getting thrown out of Walmart all over the world. And the kid right in front of me sitting there taking his time, I was probably more irritated about him using two bags of two buggies of groceries to go to the express lane. Supposed to be ten items or less. But be that as it may, I could have got another line, right? It's all personal choice. Uh, But so tonight's going to be a little different deal. Uh, I'm going to be on the road. Uh, I think Paul and Robbie both are on the road. I know that uh, Robbie will be covering Starkville-West Point. And so we're going to have a lot of commitments in action. I know Sawyer Robertson and his team, they kind of finally get underway this week, and Teddy Knox and those guys. So we'll have some high school football stuff to talk about over the weekend. You know, we'll have some statistics and... uh, you know, Paul, uh, years ago, I used to do the, what was called the commitment scoreboard update. And I'd, keep, I'd stay up late at night. I'd get home Friday night from a ball game. And Saturday morning, I'd already have everything up. So you guys know who won what ball game and what they did and that sort of stuff. Uh, Paul does that stuff now. And so I don't know if we'll have that up Saturday or Sunday. But uh, if you're looking to find out, we'll, we'll save you the search work, we'll save you the Google clicks, and we'll put that together for you. And you'll be able to come read that article uh, right there uh, on Gene's page. And if you're not a member of genespage.com, you certainly should be. Well, we want you to be. We miss you. We'd love to have you. JeansPage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's move ahead to about some ticketing stuff for college. I'll share with you some things that I've learned. I don't know when the release goes out. Could be today. Could be tomorrow. But there is a process here that you need to be aware of. And, I, and so I have done my best to get you guys some answers. I would probably say I get a dozen messages every day said, Steve, what have you heard about this? And I've tried to be active in those Facebook groups and try to share what I've learned. But let me explain to you as best I can. Here's what I understand. Okay, number one, there will be some student tickets. Not going to be anywhere close to normal because they're trying to accommodate the students, but also, too, we've got a lot of donors out there that want tickets. And so, you know, again, at the end of the day, there's a business to be had here, but not at the expense of all the college students being shut out of the games. I think it's around 2,000 tickets or so. I think. I think that's right. Maybe a little bit more. But there will be some student tickets. And so here is how this process is going to work. I want to make sure that I'm going to take a minute here and explain this before we get into the top ten list. This might be the main reason you tune in today. So Mike Ritchie and that group with the Bulldog Club and the ticket office, they have the unenviable task of having to call or email every single person to ball season tickets and say, okay, listen, here are your options. You can't just send out a blanket email and here's the online thing like Ticketmaster and you go pick and choose because let's be honest, you know, some people have been buying tickets for decades and other people have made contributions that are very substantial. Those people need to be taken care of first, okay? And you could say, well, you know, they don't love Mississippi State any more than me, Just because they're older than me, and just because they've had more money than me, and that's true. But we have to take care of those people first. That's just the reality. That's just life, okay? That is how things work. We gotta take care of those people that have been with us the longest. Now, there have been a lot of people that have opted out of tickets. And so if you're hearing my voice right now, you're thinking, okay, well, still, I'm in the bottom half of the Bulldog Club. My rank's way down there. I'm not gonna get tickets. That is not true. There's no guarantee that's gonna be correct because there are a lot of people in front of you that decided, you know what, I'm not gonna take a chance this year. I'm gonna go ahead and opt out. And then I'll get back in line next year. But they're going to have to go through. And let's say, for an example, let's say, you know, my friend Milo Nelson. Let's say Milo Nelson is Bulldog Club member number one. And Mylon buys ten tickets every year. So they call Milo and say, listen, Milo, listen, we need to know. Here's, here's what your situation is, and here are your options to buy these tickets. Here's what we can do for you. Here's where you'll sit. Here's what's available to you. Well, Mylon may say, okay, well, listen, I'll go ahead and take my 10 right then and there. Well, then you just move to number two. Well, what if one says, okay, I'm going to take six tickets this year? Well, then all of a sudden there's four tickets that free up. So then, when, then you've got to go to Bulldog Club member number two. And let's say that's Kenny Manning. You go to Kenny Manning and say, okay, Kenny, listen, uh, here's what we have. So after each call is made and each donor's order is completed, it
0: This is the story of the one.
1: So, you can't just send out some mass email. And because what, you know, what, because let's say the people in front of you, if they get less tickets, then your options change. And so, if you've already agreed, okay, well, I'm going to sit in, uh, you know, section F, and then all of a sudden some tickets in front of you open up, well, you've already finalized your order, then somebody else that donated less than you and has been buying tickets a shorter time than you could have better seats. And so there is a very methodical process they're going to have to work through. They're going to get it taken care of. We have some very capable and competent people in charge of this. But it is going to be a long process. And so we just need everybody to relax. Everybody's going to get the phone call. Everybody's going to get, you know, contacted individually. Think about that. Individually. Mike Ritchie's crew... Is going to do a job that, uh, you know, it's just absolutely unprecedented. And, it's, and listen, it's around the country. It's not a Mississippi state issue. But I just ask you, for your sake and their sake and everybody else involved, just be patient. Just be patient. And if you have questions, you email them. Be patient with that, expecting a response too. They're going to be inundated with people saying, hey, where am I in line? What's going on? When am I going to phone call? Did y'all forget about me? They're not going to forget about you. Okay? They're not. They love you, your family. And so I need you to treat them like family too. When you get that out that phone call, I kind of understand now is not the time to be impatient. Now is not the time to be difficult. You know, we're we're gonna get five home games this year. This is a very temporary situation. We're just trying to, to put a product on the field and try to bring some enjoyment into our lives. And so let's just everybody collectively, right now, let's all take a deep breath. Now we're good. But when you get those calls, you'll get, you know, you're eagerly anticipating because you want to know, am I going to be able to get tickets? If not, I've got to figure something else out. I get it. But that's where things are going to work out. That's, how, it's, that's, the, that's the process. And so Mike Nemitz has been chasing this story. We'll have an article up as soon as we get to the, the details of all this. But uh, I just need you to give those guys a little bit of a break. They're going to do everything they can to take care of you and your ticket needs. But there is no easy way to do this. There is there's no way that we're going to get through this without somebody being disappointed. I mean, that's just life. And so, again, I just ask you, if, if you love Mississippi State, give these people a little bit of a break. Give them some grace. They're going to get yelled at a lot. They're going to have people be disrespectful to them. And so when they call you, let them know. Hey, you know what? Take your time. Take your time. I'm in no hurry. That'll make it better for the next person, too. You know what I'm saying? Because there are people that aren't, that aren't paid a lot of money. They're going to be making these phone calls. And, you know, listen, every time they call somebody that gets kind of, you know, maybe belligerent with them, they're going to be a lot less willing to do the next one. And so let's just be mindful that we are all one family here and that some of our family members are going to call us and, and may not always have the best of news. But just take a deep breath. Take care of them. They'll take care of you today's top 10 list brought to you by hawthorne hawthorne uh have decided to stick with us man how cool is that we got hawthorne back the rest of the year so your promo code still works visit them at hawthorne that's h-a-w-t-h-o-r-n-e dot c-o use promo code boneyard to unlock some savings for yourself and i've shared with you guys before nobody ever told me okay this is how you go back alone you just kind of happened by accident right you know uh you know or uh, you know your girlfriend or wife buys it for you. And you know. And, let, and let's be honest, guys. Most of us are thinking, you know what? If they like it, I like it. You know what? It's simple as that. They're going to love Hawthorne. They're going to love it. a matter of fact, I had somebody send me a message yesterday and said, you know what? Uh, I've had a great experience with Hawthorne, and I'm happy to provide a testimonial. It's great. And that's the thing, too. It's, it's so well packaged. It comes in. It smells so great. Go take the short two-minute quiz at Hawthorne. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. And then they will pair you up with fragrances that fit your preferences. You're going to be amazed at how good you smell. You're going to be amazed at how people react to you. Because it's going to be something that fits you. Trust me, it is the best cologne I have ever worn. I don't know that i will ever go back. I've got got two bottles of uh, name brand cologne sitting on my bathroom counter right now that uh, will probably be there from now on. And it's not that I didn't like it. It's just I like this stuff that much better. Again, it's Hawthorne.co, promo code Bonyard. sponsors of today's top 10 list. And so today's top 10 list took me, this was a difficult list, I'm not going to lie to you, very difficult list, kind of a kind of a different take, kind of a different take on the top 10 list. And, I, and, I, and when I got this suggestion, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to tackle this because I think deep down Scott Jasper might think that uh, I can't do it. But today's list suggestion brought to you by Scott Jasper. So, Scott says, hey, Steve, how about your favorite songs from the bands you hate the most? And I was like, wow, that, that's kind of cool because there are some, some of these were very difficult because some of these bands are absolute trash. I mean, they are so bad. There's nothing that they've written or recorded that isn't remotely interested to me at all. And so I have, some of this was a real struggle, Scott. Some of it was easy. You know, matter of fact, one of my favorite songs, believe it or not, is from a band that I don't really like that much. It's crazy. And uh it was it came out, it was released at a time that was a very difficult time in my life, and i sometimes I go back and listen to it and I still get a lump in my throat, man, because I remember some of those things. So at Scott Jasper's suggestion, here no no honorable mentions, but here are my top ten favorite songs from bands that I don't really care for and some that I downright hate. And there aren't a lot of bands that I hate because I love music so much, I respect the people that can take what's in their heart and put it into song and uh move people. I think it's incredible. Uh, it's just one of the reasons I I, I you know, I have had some new country music put into my life recently and uh, I have found uh there's some good great songwriters out there, you know. And so I love I love new music and new bands and learning new things because music is always playing in my life and when it's not on the radio, it's in my soul, man. I love the tunes and I know you guys do as well and I love doing a segment with you guys. So here they are. My 10 favorite songs from 10 bands that I absolutely hate. All right, so here we go. Number 10 for me, and I, had, I, 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 I tortured myself and listened to some of this earlier today to find a song because I don't have a favorite song from this band, but I absolutely despise them. And uh, it is so weird to me that they have such a huge following. But again, to each their own, but it's a Dave Matthews band. Dave Matthews band sucks but uh crash into me is the only song that i can kind of swallow from them it's one i i I just can't i can't digest the rest of it it's uh it's so bad his voice is like nails on a chalkboard it is just when i hear it i immediately you know feel these feelings of revulsion i just i want to change the radio so fast and to be honest with you some of these bands that are on this list they, they kind of impact my choices on the radio like there are some presets I want preset because I don't want to be riding down the road and turn the radio up after I get off the phone and all of a sudden their poisonous tunes are in my ears. I'm trying to keep my soul pure. So no Dave Matthews band for me. Number nine, this is a band where every song kind of sounds the same and they have become huge in modern rock. And uh, I don't get it. I think the song, the singer is very monotone. But it's the band Volbeat. And as some people are going, Steve, I can't believe you said that. Volbeat is not any good. I'm just going to take it now. And he said, well, dude, that's like your opinion. Well, my opinion's right. Volbeat is not a good band, but I do like the song A Warrior's Call. There's some guitar work in some of their stuff that is really, really good. Hangman's Body Count's a great one. I used to like the song Still Counting, but the guy's voice sounds like a guy that can't sing, that is using auto-tune through every song, and it's so monotone and limited in range. But listen, some of the music rocks. I give them credit for that. But I do not like the singer from Volbeat. So as a result, Volbeat, is not, I don't have any Volbeat on my phone or in my collection. I've got hundreds of CDs. I'll never have theirs unless one of yous is gifted it to me and I don't drop it and break it on the way to, to uh, put it on the shelf. Number eight, this is another one that was difficult for me because this band sucks. It's Green Day. Green Day's awful, and And, and you folks that have been lumped into that and got sucked into that Starbucks punk act, i feel sorry for you i really do i was listen when offspring and green day had their feud i was team offspring because at least offspring was cool you know uh dexter's not a great singer but goodness gracious at least their music was cool uh, but i used to song good riddance and i guess maybe that was in my in my subconscious because i watched the uh the finale of uh seinfeld a couple days ago and so they played like a clip a clip show before the finale And uh, that was, they they set a music montage to that, you know, hope you had the time of your life. And I've had some friends of mine that have actually had that played at their funerals, uh, which is interesting. But uh, no, I'm not a Green Day fan. I think Green Day is absolutely awful. And uh, I I don't get it. It's like when I used to, the first time I heard that song, I don't want to be an American idiot, immediately I said, well, it's too late. All right, number seven. And I'd forgotten how much I despised this band. I, I really did. It's one of those things because I don't ever listen to them, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But I'm going with Little Miss from the Spend Doctors. And there were so many people, so many of these hipsters in the early 90s that uh, jumped aboard that train. And uh, it was awful to see. I mean, it was like p- people that I liked were like, hey, man, have you heard the Spend Doctors? I'm like, yes, I have. And, and I don't want to do it again. They had a couple of hits. They made people get out on the dance floor, I guess. But uh, Little Miss, I think, lyrically is is a strong song. But uh, I didn't like the singer. I didn't like the way they looked. I didn't like their delivery. I didn't like the fact that they learned to play instruments. I didn't like the fact that a record company gave them a record deal. And it's proof positive that if uh, if you can go out there and, and uh, write boring and benign music that uh, some people respond to, you can make money as a musician. Spin Doctors, awful. Number six, also a struggle for me, but I couldn't let this band that I hate not make the list. I I don't like a single song of theirs. I do like Travis Barker, but Blink-182 sucks. They do. They're awful. And I know that I'm going to get emails about it, and people are going to say, Steve, you're crazy. No, I'm not crazy. It was a weird time in music, and there were a lot of people that couldn't sing. There were a lot of people that looked like they stepped right out of work at a thrift shop. Uh, that stepped up on stage and grabbed a guitar and started singing that didn't have any range or any musical ability whatsoever. And because of the fact that the uh, the metal scene had gotten so bloated where everybody sounded the same and uh, it was about who could wear the most makeup and, and uh, tease their hair up the highest. And then the grunge scene came along, which was great for a while, but you could only take it in small doses. And then all that started sounding the same and then everybody started dying off. And so the next thing in music you know were these guys that uh you know worked at JCPenney and and played uh, music on the weekends and then that's where blink 182 became Travis Barker is a phenomenal musician and and uh it's a shame that he is with with such a band that uh is so uh, also awful but uh, all the small things is like the only thing i i don't know that i could make it through the whole song i really don't but at least that opening riff is pretty cool number 5 another band from that same era that is awful with an awful singer. And I know, again, every time I mention this band, that I said something on Facebook one time about how bad this band was. And I had some people message me and say, Well, Steve, that song means so much to me because my dad was in my life. And listen, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry that such a crappy band provided you with a theme song. But uh, it's ever clear, But Santa Monica is a decent song. And that's as far as I'll take it. Santa Monica is decent uh some of the other stuff is so bad i mean it's like i think to myself how did anybody or say you know what hey these guys are really good no no they're not they're not they're not good the the lyrically they're not good talent completely devoid of talent singer awful you can like them if you want to this is america you have the right to be wrong and if you're never clear fan you're wrong Number four, a band that was kind of crammed down all of our collective throats and actually had a couple of good tunes. But uh, it was incredible how the world reacted to this. They were a former house band at a bar in Columbia, South Carolina. You know them as Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, I didn't get on that train, but I will tell you, there are a couple of songs that uh, you know, Hold My Hand came out, and I was a big hit. I didn't really care for it. Uh, I like Darius Rucker. I, I, matter of fact, I think Darius Rucker's country stuff is even better than the Hooting the Blowfish stuff. Darius Rucker is a very talented singer. I just think that uh, he was with some guys that weren't very good at writing music. But I'll tell you, there's a couple songs, and uh, my favorite one from Hooting the Blowfish is I Will Wait. Love that song. Love the message. Love all of the... Uh, you know, there's a lot of breaks in that song. I mean, musically, they had really matured as a band, and I thought it was a really, really good offering. Matter of fact, I listened to it this morning... And uh, I would sing along to it. But uh, the song Let Her Cry, too. uh, Let Her Cry, I guess, because I'm a person in recovery. Uh, I feel that song. It's like there are some songs you hear, there are other ones that you feel. Uh, That's one of those songs because I've lived some of that stuff. And uh, when I put it on, sometimes I have to listen to it twice, you know, because it, it puts me in such a mood. And uh, that's what good songwriting does. But I didn't care for the band. And I guess really in many ways with some of these bands, including Hootie and Blowfish, I'm kind of lashing out at their fans. uh, Because, you know, and maybe that's wrong. But, uh, you know, we do it in college football all the time. All right, so here we go, top three. And I really, 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 really like these songs. I don't really like these bands, but I really like this song. The number three song on the list. And this is going to shock some people because you're going to be like, Steve, I never knew. It's Lift Me Up from Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, well, it's Five Finger Fruit Punch, if you ask me. I, I don't think Five Finger Death Punch is a headliner in rock. I know that they they sell a lot of tickets and sell a bunch of records. I think they are a flash in the pan. Uh, I think Ivan Moody has kind of grown on me a little bit. I've, I used to just hate them so much that I would turn everything. But I think they have actually gotten better in recent years. I like the song Champagne a lot. Uh, But that stuff, that under and over it stuff initially was so obnoxiously bad. They just turned me off initially. But Lift Me Up has got Rob Halford from Judas Priest that sings the second verse. I dig that song a lot. Uh, It's just one of those songs that really kind of gets me going and gets me pumped up. It is a killer track. Uh, The guitar is great. I thought Ivan was great. Uh, Like the uh, lyrics, too. And And one thing I will say about Fine Finger, too, I like the fact that they're in your face a little bit. I like bands that are out there that have a little testosterone. That's one of the things that 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 whole era, that whole Everclear, Blink-182 era lacked is a little muscle, a little testosterone, a little testicular fortitude. All right, so let's get to number two. Arguably one of my least favorite bands in the world of all time. But there are a couple songs that I can kind of get down with. and I know some people Steve, I don't understand why you hate on them. I don't like them. You can like them all you want to. I don't like them. And it's Nirvana. But I love Heart-Shaped Box. I think that is the best song in the catalog. I know people will see well, it. Smells Like Teen Spirit, Yeah, that's kind of a given. But outside of Smells Like Teen Spirit, the rest of Nevermind is just a complete mess. It is a don't, don't, sit, don't at me. Don't. You do not want to smoke. And here's the thing that I think most people don't know. And, and there are some people out there that you can still find these articles online. In Utero was so bad when they turned it into the record company that they nearly shelved the record that's how bad it was never mind one of the most iconic records as awful as it is in our in the history of american music the follow-up almost wasn't released because kurt was such a mess the music was such a mess they had to bring in additional uh musicians and producers to finish the record it was nearly shelved some people dispute that but i remember at the time reading about all that stuff and some of those articles are still out there al- online. And they had wanted to prop this thing up. You had this, uh, you know, this punk band that they kind of, uh, you know, kind of became corporate sellouts in many respects. And so they became a, a byproduct of what the record company wanted. And uh, Nevermind was a huge hit. And it was one of those things too that I had read about Kurt Cobain is that uh, he hated Nevermind because he felt that he compromised his artistic vision. And so if you're a Kurt fan, it's kind of hard to like Kurt and then love Nevermind. It's just a weird dynamic to me. It's like he was true to himself on Bleach and Incesticide, really wanted to be a punk band, and then they had to pay the rent. And the next thing you know, they sold their souls, and uh, the rest is rock and roll history. But number one, going back to the 80s, the band that I loved to hate back then. My my stance on them has softened some over the years, but this is another band that was forced down our throats. It's the band Poison, Brett Can't Sing, CC Can't Play, uh they're 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 absolutely a record company creation and a bunch of pretty boys with long hair and listen i'm not opposed to that i'm a little jealous i guess but uh i was not a poison fan i thought their music was very basic uh very 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 boring but the song something to believe in is one of my favorite songs of all time and it's so weird how that works because it just kind of hits you out of left field and, again, maybe it's because I've lived some of that, but uh, it was a difficult time in my life when that song was released and I heard it, and it just kind of resonated with me. I was like, and I can kind of put my, my bitterness of poison aside and kind of appreciate uh, Brett Michaels. And, um, you know, for a long time I never had uh, any poison albums. And I went back and bought Look What the Cat Dragged In and Open Up and Say Ah. And there was so much controversy about Look, Open Up and Say Ah, which is amazing to think about today so when Open Up and Say Ah came out, there was basically this wild, crazy picture of this uh, woman with a, you know, basically a lizard tongue or a snake tongue. And it was so offensive to people that they had to put two black bars on the upper and lower portion of it so you can only see her eyes. Because the, 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 the whole phrase, Open Up and Say Ah, and then with this uh, cartoonish character... Uh, we just had some people in this country that were like, you oh, know, we can't do that. And then look at where we are as a society today. It's it's insane. But anyway, Something to Believe In, it's a wonderful song. It's uh, it's just, they were when that song came out, I needed something to believe in. And uh, thankfully, I found it. But uh, listen, that's my list. You might disagree, and uh, you'd be wrong. But uh, Something to Believe In, I think, is the best song in the Poison catalog. I think it really showed... There is a little more to Brett Michaels than uh, Talk Dirty to Me. Even, and listen, Talk Dirty to Me is a great song, and I, I'll be honest with you, and I've told Brett this personally when I met him in Rock, Oklahoma a couple years ago. You know, if you want to talk about if you want to encapsulate the 1980s metal scene, the number, the, the, in my mind, the song, the one song that kind of says, you know what, this is who we are as a people, as a movement, as a family in a, in a metal scene, was the Poison song, Nothing But a Good Time. Uh, It is a great song, and I did not fully appreciate that when it was released. And Fallen Angel and those kind of songs came out. But you know, it's one of those things too. Once I kind of got over the fact, okay, why am I wasting my time and energy hating on Brett Michaels, especially when he delivered me a gift like something to believe in? And so, but yeah, that's Poison was the band. I was famous in my circle of friends for being the guy that if somebody played Poison, there was going to be issues. I would talk and argue through the song to ruin the song because I, I just I'd get out of the car. I just do I, I despise them so much. Uh, but uh listen, they've they've been playing music a long time, so I give them a lot of credit for number one staying alive but having some longevity. Campus Bookmarks had longevity, longtime sponsors of this show, Stand a Man, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there will take care of you. They'll treat you like family because in their minds you are family. It's as simple as that. They're very, very important to me. They'll be important to you. They will take care of everything that you need as far as getting your uh, Mississippi State merchandising needs met. Visit them at campusbookmart.net. You can outfit the whole family right then and there. And use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll save you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. You can get your Mississippi State mask there. If we got to wear one, you might as well have one. It's cool and helps rep the brand. encourage you to go by and check that out. All right, so we mentioned uh, – you know, high school football and all that kind of stuff. So I'm trying to get out and go see a lot of these offensive line prospects that we're recruiting because so we've got eight spots left. Three of them will be for offensive linemen. And you'll have a couple defensive linemen, as I've mentioned. You get a linebacker, a safety in a corner, and there's your class. But the bulk of the recruiting efforts right now are on offensive linemen. So I'm trying to get out and go see these guys. We didn't get the benefit of the spring or see them in summer camps. So I'm going to go see Gabe Cavazos tonight from Lake Cormorant uh, at Sinatobia. Went and saw Eli Ritchie a couple weeks ago. I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, I saw him. I think he's good. good serviceable player. Eli Ritchie, that is. Uh, I think you probably go fish. And what I mean by that is I think you continue to recruit him, but I don't think you push for a flip. He's a guy, too, that wants to take visits. You know, I think that uh, – I think you could flip him from Georgia Tech. But I think I wouldn't be in a big rush to do it because I even though you need three spots, I think his time frame kind of works well for Mississippi State. we got to get out and evaluate some of these guys – and then uh, we'll see how things go. But I'm going to go see Gabe tonight. And, and one of the things that I've learned about Gabe is they're moving him around a little bit, playing a little bit at tight end, letting him get out in the pass pattern a little bit. Can you imagine that kid, man, 6'5", 292, getting downhill on a safety? Are you kidding me? The kid runs a four eight forty, you know, so they can get him out there and let him play a little bit. And that's, that's just crazy. I can't wait to see it. Uh, so, yeah, and I, I like Gabe a lot. Uh, mccain pounders i hadn't had a chance to see him we'll get there and see him in a couple weeks eager to see him uh he's had a lot of interest as of late from arkansas Ole miss and memphis they have never stopped recruiting him and so uh, i think we all you know feel like we're in a good spot with him uh, he had the opportunity to commit to those schools when he committed to mississippi state it's not like their new offers. it's not like anything has changed but one of the things that has changed is mississippi state has offered nick jones nick jones currently at east mississippi community college nick also a product of bahelia high school Matter of fact, Nick's older brother graduated by Haley High School and played together with Mississippi State's Chris Rayford. So there's a lot of connections there. But uh, Nick tells me that McKaylin is basically his little brother. That's how close they are. And so Mississippi State needs five offensive linemen in this class. And now that we've been in the fall camp, I think you adjusted a little bit. you probably go take a couple JUCO guys because we're going to need some guys to step in and play. You know, Darian Parker, Greg Allen, both seniors, even though they could, could get the year back they may elect to, to go play pro football. They may get the opportunity to get out of here and go play pro football. And they've got their college degree, I don't think you can blame them. But when you're facing those losses and the fact there's really, to be honest with you, let me, let me lay it out for you as best I can. In my mind, there is a gap in talent between the seniors and then your newcomers. I think the, the middle of the depth chart, the middle of that personnel group, I think there is kind of there is a lack of talent and talent that hadn't been developed, and so I think that's one of the reasons you got to go out and spend five, and you probably need to go get one to two, certainly one, possibly two JUCO guys, to kind of supplement and kind of be you know kind of you know, fill the gap there. I think that's an important part of it right now. It's just kind of balancing it out, balancing out the talent, even though you've got some young guys that are kind of growing up together, and you feel like Charles Cross and Nick Pendley and Cole Smith and uh, you know Dollar Bill Johnson and those those guys are going to be around a little while. Uh, you know, Brandon Cunningham. You know, we, we've got a young nucleus there, but I think before before you give those guys the keys to the Ferrari, you probably need some guys in there with some experience. And uh, Nick Jones is a guy that's played one year at school, but they won't play this fall. He'll graduate in December, so he could show up here with three years to play, uh, four, really four years to play three. To me, that elevates him on that ladder of awareness. You know what I'm saying? It's like most high school kids only play Two to three years, anyway. Regularly, and so if I can get a guy that's already had a year of experience, and then I get four years to have him for three, he's already developed and matured a little bit physically. Uh, you know, then to me, it's a no-brainer. And not to mention the fact too, by taking him, it probably goes ahead and removes any doubt about Michael and Pounders. I think that's a no-brainer. Another JUCO guy, of course, Caleb Etienne. Really wants to play in the SEC. He had a top five, top six recently. Had Mississippi State and South Carolina. as the only SEC schools in his list. He is a New Orleans native. Was originally an Ole Miss commitment, and then they elected to pass on him once he was headed to JUCO, and uh, they're still involved with him a little bit, but uh, they haven't been the factor they were you know, a couple of years ago, and so you're still on with him, and he is going to play the spring. Uh, that was a big concern early on, is that uh, if he graduated in December. He could go to a Big 12 school, but he did not have uh, the coursework to go to an SEC school. So he's going to play to spring and go to school because he wants to play in the SEC. At least that's how he feels today. may feel differently in December, but as of now, he plans to get on out of here uh, and, and, and get – pardon me. He plans to, uh, to finish up there in junior college and get his associate's degree and play his full two years and then make the move rather than get on out of here in December. And they, you know as well as I do, Oklahoma State and others will be like, hey, you can come here in December and still have three years to play, and that could be a very difficult uh, you know, recruiting pitch to overcome. But he's a guy that wants to play in the SEC and feels like that's his best chance to get to the National Football League. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. There's going to be a lot of theater involved with that when He's a very talented player. Uh, Jim Riley is a guy out of uh, Iuka, Tishomingo County. I actually was going to go see him last Friday. It got rained out. Coach Richard Russo reached out and said, hey, sorry not gonna be able to play and uh listen and that's the right call it's just a jamboree and uh you know we had the hurricane it's a bad weather coming through there nothing like what the folks on the gulf coast dealt with but um they made the right call i think and uh i am going to get up there eventually it's one of those things too i hate once i tell people i'm coming and then something happens and i don't get to to go that uh i feel like i owe it to them but this is a guy that's uh grew up mississippi state fam mississippi state's recruiting him and uh we need to get some good pictures and some quality video and you know, perhaps he's a late addition to the class. We'll kind of see how things kind of play out. But, um, you know, recruiting right now with everybody in football mode, it's a little bit on the back burner. So uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Again, State's going to take five. You got two committed. I, I feel like Nick Jones is just a matter of time. I've already crystal balled him to Mississippi State. That, that brings you up to three. I think you wait to see what happens with Caleb Etienne. There's a few other guys out there. And I think I, I, Riley is behind a few guys in my mind. But he's a guy that could potentially play his way in. This is his first year he was playing offensive tackle full-time. He was an offensive tackle, and kind of an attached tight end last year. So, And they've had a coaching change up there. I know Riso and those guys do a great job kind of coaching him up. So that's kind of where things stand today. Uh, we'll get into some other things uh, next week. So I'll remind you guys, too, uh, we're about three weeks or so from Alpha Dogs being released. You can go ahead and pre-order now, and I encourage you to do so at alphadogsthebook.com. You can get Flim Flam there. You can get Stark Villains there. You get Alpha Dogs there. And I will sign them all. All right, whatever you want. You put that in the notes, what you want. and uh, But if you pre-order a book, whether you give me instructions or not, I'm going to sign them. So every copy ordered through the website, alphadogsthebook.com, will be signed by me, the author. If you'd like a special note to yourself or to a friend or whatever, I'm happy to do that as well. But uh, go ahead and get those orders in. And uh, we'll we'll have those books sent out, and then when we get in October, we'll start having book signings, and uh, I'll be out and about a good bit, as long as my health holds up and things are safe and everybody else is doing well. Uh, we'll get out, we'll sign books, and uh, we'll take pictures and all that sort of stuff. And I guess they'll be somewhat marked in time uh, because of our wonderful mask that we're wearing. But be that as it may, I'm very proud of the work. Can't wait for you guys to have a chance to read it. Uh, Told you guys many times some big some big dogs were in this book. Eric Molds, Michael Davis, Sleepy Robinson. Uh even got Matt Wyatt and Kevin Sluter and Chris Raney to talk about uh, an egg bowl that they participated in that you guys are, are quite familiar with. But uh I'm really proud of the work, but I'm kinda looking forward to not having to write a full length book next year. That's not the unless a great opportunity comes along and there are some things always in the wind. Um but listen, there's some things in this book too that are kind of controversial. Didn't start out that way, but I was provided some documents that uh you know that I think are going to be somewhat embarrassing to some people that uh that there was you know around the infancy of the civil rights movement in the state of Mississippi, and so we're publishing those records for the first time, and I believe there is going to be uh some reaction to say the least and uh you know it is what it is sometimes history is not kind to those on the wrong side of things and uh, but that's the reality of where it is. And so if you're interested in that, again, go to alphadogsbook.com. And if you're looking for your Stark Villains gear, I wore a Stark Villains shirt yesterday, again, at Walmart. Had two different people come up and say, where did you get that shirt? StarkVillains.com. StarkVillains.com. Great people, locally processed, locally owned, locally produced, distributed locally. Thank you guys so much for supporting me. I'll be back on Monday. I hope you guys have a great Labor Day weekend. We'll still have the show on Monday, even though it is Labor Day, because uh, every day is a work day for me. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends and enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears call clickranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done